Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 149, episode 2 of Der Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness and say officially off the top, fuck the Koch brothers, fuck Fox News, fuck Rush Limbaugh, fuck Buck Sexton, fuck Ben Shapiro, and fuck Tucker Carlson. It's Tuesday, September 1st, 2020. Happy September. Uh, to everyone, my name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Jack's pit sweat and his little boy's smile. Jack's shirt wet on his show all the while. A man so sweaty, it's like his skin sneezed. Jack's pit sweat, if you please. Uh, that is courtesy of Walter Chestnut, and I'm thrilled to be joined by my special guest co-host, the scam goddess, one of the very faces on Mount Zeitmore herself. She is Lacey Mosley! Hey! Yay! It's Lacey Mosley, a.k.a. Scam Goddess, a.k.a. Let's see if I can do this. Um, <clears throat> it's early. Mm. <clears throat> we could have scammed it up, Robin in the deep. Your credit card inside of my hands, but you reported, 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 reported to the best. Alright, ooh, that was a little rusty, guys. Sorry, my throat is a little scratchy. I was gonna say. I mean, <laughs> do you want to take that over? No, that sounded amazing, as <laughs> always. Um, was that was that dedicated to anyone in particular? That was dedicated to. Adele, honey, scam okay. the deep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> do we have to. We have to bring in the uh, the new Rasta remix. Uh, yes, we do. We cool yeah, yeah. up, hide it up, scamming Ponda deep. Come on, Adele, give us the <laughs> reggae remix. Also, Daniel, put some auto tune on that. <laughs> <laughs> Make me sound good. Make me uh, sound like future, Daniel. I'm, I'm serious. Yes. <laughs> me too. Uh, that song, Black Velvet, doesn't sound right unless you sound like Future, I feel like. Did you know that song is by a Canadian? Are you guys familiar with that song, Black Velvet? Oh, yeah. Black Velvet and that little boy smile. Like, opens talking about Mississippi and Memphis. It's from written by Canadians for a Canadian artist. Um, Hilarious. I'm not allowing that. I will not allow it, guys. It sounds very American, though. Yeah, Good for them. They knew what uh, sells. No one yeah, wants to yeah. hear about maple trees. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, no, Shout out to it. Canada. Love my Canadians. Uh, well, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by the hilarious and talented Blair Saki. Oh, what's up, Daily Zeitgeist? Back yeah. with my fucking boys and my <laughs> new friend, Lacey. Yeah. yeah I don't have so an AK. Like Christy Yamaguchi main wrote me one a while ago, but I don't have it. Yeah, they're hard to keep track of. You're the of. guest. You're, you're the guest. <laughs> you do not you're require good. one, and you're bringing AKA energy with your uh, sort of WWE level of uh, vibes. Oh, thank you, thank you. Coming yeah. at you now, Dave. Off the ropes. Right, guys. Off yeah, the ropes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, I'm such a big fan of your comedy, Blair. Like, have you been doing any uh, lately outside? Oh, that's, that's so nice. Thank you. Um, I've recently done a few outside shows just in the last week or two. It was so scary after not doing comedy for so long. Um, 
And I'm doing a live streaming event with uh, Ron Funches this weekend. I'm kind of scared for that, too. But, yeah, it's been very weird because, you know, usually you do it every night. You're not thinking about it. But, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> like, I've had that too, where I'm like, "Am I am I good at things anymore? Yeah, I do don't I know, know how to do things? <laughs> like, it's like we're suspended in time, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. How big? Like, was the audience smaller than usual and like distanced out, and you had to shout at them through a megaphone, or how how did it work? The outdoor um, one show? was in like this backyard. A parking lot and it was a big parking lot and it was well organized and there was a good amount of people um, all spaced out with masks and temperature checked but yeah it was a big crowd and that was my first time so (laughs) yeah nice Uh, All right, Blair, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment first we are going to tell our listeners a few of the things we're talking about today Uh, Trump is trying to use uh, the social uprisings and unrest to uh, help his campaign and pretty much start a civil war. Uh, We'll talk about that. We'll talk about how Black Lives Matter protesters are the villains of a new video game and just generally like cultural rightward uh, move that I feel like we're witnessing in the United States. We're going to talk about Chadwick Boseman, John Thompson, uh, just the worst weekend of all time. We're going to talk about the importance of crowds, speaking of which, uh, because there were no convention bounces this year. The NBA ratings, like in terms of how many people are watching uh, on TV, despite the fact that we have nothing else to do, are lower than they have ever been, I think. And uh, so it's like the importance of having a crowd there and that energy is like really, it, it matters even more than I think I realized. So we'll talk about all that, plenty more. But first, Blair, we like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history that is revealing about who you are? Okay, my last search on Google was what to do if you click on a suspicious link on iPhone. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. I'm interested. Leading in. So you didn't Uh, click on my link, I take it? (laughs) The link I sent you before the show, Blair? (laughs) Hey, better I, check this out before we record. Just a little background for, yeah. <laughs> and then suddenly your out. phone Look. starts like smoking. Yeah. I um, I feel like I have lived nine lives and I have a crazy amount of life experience for the years I've lived on this planet. Yet all my friends do say that I would. I'm the unanimous first pick of the people, the person who would get kidnapped of our friends. <laughs> <laughs> What what a strange uh, award to win. Um, you know, yeah, I wasn't, you know, campaigning for it. Um, so Did you also win that in high school, most likely to be kidnapped? No, I didn't win that in high school, but I, I'm always just like, I'm smart, okay? I just am trusting. Right. <laughs> Don't worry. I feel like I would have been that person, too. I had a lot of friends have to yell at me about stuff that I've learned now. Like, I used to get in Ubers, and I'd be like, for Lacey? And my girlfriend <laughs> grabbed me and was like, what the fuck are you doing? Right. She was like, you don't ever say your name when you get into an Uber. You go, right. who is this Uber for? And you wait for them uh, to say your name. I've I was done like, oh. Because I've gotten in wrong Ubers before, and it was pretty chill. We were like, yeah. just take us because we like you. Like, turn the right. Uber off. We'll pay you in cash. But, like, right. you should definitely not do, <laughs> do that. that. That's a good yeah. reminder for the listeners. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, what what was the link for? Like, how did yeah, how did you come across that link? Okay, well, it's my myth, so I'll, I'll okay. Tell we you. can hold for that. Okay, okay, okay. Right. I like this. Uh, what is something you think is overrated? Okay, something I think is overrated is the 2006 song "Hey There, Delilah" by the Plain White Tees. <laughs> um, right. That song was nominated for a Grammy. Like, are you was kidding it really? Me? Yeah, it was <laughs> really? fucking massive. Like, extremely overrated. Kill me, kill me. I never want to hear it again. I don't give a fuck about Delilah, and I hope it's dead forever. Wow. Wow, yeah. that's so specific, and I love it so much. <laughs> I mean, Delilah was definitely a manic pixie dream girl. Oh, know? for sure. Yeah. How that song got so big is, you know, frustrating. I mean, it is my favorite song, but I, I understand <laughs> your criticism. Was that uh, the time when guys were playing, like, little ac- acoustic guitars and shit? I feel like that was at the parties. time. When, yeah, and they were like, the, the sensitive guy was really hot back then. Right, so I feel right. like... You or know, like you'd tree, go back to a guy's house and they'd pull out a guitar. Oh my yeah. god! I hate that. I hate guys <laughs> when they try to play music to you. I hate when they sing poetry or like talk. That's a guess. That's a song. But like when they t- say poetry, oh god! Oh, this kid's crawling. <laughs> Jack's like those are my go-to's. I mean, now I got my wife. Always, <laughs> always, yeah. My my acoustic guitar. I just learned two chords and just like strummed <laughs> them. Um, and then I would like be like, "Hey there, Sarah," and cha- you know, change right, the name. So right. I would yeah. innovative. I like yeah. that. <laughs> That's how it works. I also love that you said Sarah. Like I changed the name. <laughs> yeah. Hey there, Sarah. Uh, Huge points. Like Not in- extravagantly to her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about you. Uh, yeah, no, that's that song almost made plain white T-shirts uncool. That's how bad that song was because it was, right, wasn't right. it by the plain white tees? Yeah, by that incredible band with that incredible name. <laughs> that name is like a music <laughs> business generator. They're like, what are we gonna call this one? Right, <laughs> just looking around. Yeah. Uh, um. What is something you think is underrated, Blair? Okay, Cottonelle ass wipes. <laughs> Look, are they good for the environment? No, they're not. They're not. But I'm a liberal with a compassionate voting record and a sparkling clean asshole. Um, <laughs> I walk around feeling fresh and confident, and yep. um, I do recycle and use a reusable water bottle um, and drive a Prius. So um, I'm sorry. I do prioritize myself in this way. And um, I my butthole is blissfully fresh. Yeah. That's on yeah, your I business mean- cards. The that specific <laughs> phrase. That blissfully you, yeah. fresh. Uh, I've been thinking a lot asshole. about the booty hole lately. Um, uh-huh. th- there's like a bidet Twitter now that Iffy... Uh, <laughs> I've seen that. I've yeah. seen Iffy going hard on bidet Twitter. And Jaquise. Jaquise also loves to go hard on oh, bidet man. Twitter. Um, but they are saying like you use less toilet paper and you blast your booty hole. Have you ever used a bidet, Blair? Bajak? I think I have once or twice and I think I would really be for it. Um, but yeah, I guess I'm not really at that sort of luxury level yet. I'm just with the Cottonelle so far. I've been in two Airbnbs that had like fancy future toilets, uh, that had like like bidets built in, uh, one of which you could actually adjust the temperature of the water, which was, (gasps) uh, pretty luxurious. Uh, I 
Yes. I, ca- <laughs> wow. I can't lie. It's one of the great inventions. Have you used one, Lacey? I have. It was like that, Jack, where it was like I was staying somewhere, but I was working, and it was like one of those Japanese toilets that like talks to you, and it does everything, and heats up and shit. But I was going to say, but they're actually not, I was looking online, bidets aren't that expensive. They range. Like, you can just hook one up to your toilet, like, right, and it's like cheaper. The bidet attachment is hysterical. I'm afraid, though. (laughs) Bidet attachment. Yeah. So there is one. I've also been at a uh, less nice hotel that had a bidet attachment that was just like the hose arm that's on a kitchen sink, like the spray <laughs> nozzle thing oh, that man. is just loose and you just like are supposed to reach in there. And it's like that. Like, I can't imagine a filthier object in my mind than oh something that people are always just holding up to their asshole <gasps> in a hotel. Um, <laughs> Anyway, I I used it. Yeah, yeah, it's basically a garden hose. Yeah, Um, I I think a hands-free bidet is definitely the way to go, uh, if you ask me. Especially in a hotel, that's too many many people. After I get a Peloton, I'll get like a Japanese toilet. Right. Yeah. Good order. And then you will, you will officially be in the future. Yeah, I just um. need some uh, jobs before that. <laughs> uh, finally, what is that myth that we've been eagerly awaiting, Blair? Okay, um, I want to come on here and bust the myth that if you innocently click on a spam link from the fake U.S. Postal Service that you will be sex trafficked and or have your identity stolen because... Folks, I clicked on it, and it said they had a package of mine that they were holding, and it looked extremely official. Um, and you know, the USPS is uh, famously vulnerable right now, so I felt I really needed to listen to what they said, even mm. though it actually wasn't the Postal Service. Um, then I looked it up. It said it's a new sex trafficking sp- um, scam, but ultimately I live, so if it's happened to anyone out there, I just want you to know that you're safe. That's great to know. What yeah. so um that's it's a lot of information coming at us. Uh mm-hmm. what, so so <laughs> they said you got you got an email, a text message? Oh no, no, yeah, text message to uh multiple text messages. Um now I've since blocked uh those numbers, but yeah. <laughs> and they were like we got a package, hit us up and then kept texting you. Yeah, it went to the, you know, it, what appeared to be the official postal service website, but was not, you know, just an incredible fake one. Mm. The USBS was called. <laughs> they were like, hey, no. we told you. <laughs> USBS. And that's very common, too, though. Whenever there is some type of global uh, situation, like when something becomes famous or some industry, like that scammers will absolutely capitalize on that. There's been so many coronavirus scams. Like, yeah, of yeah. course, the USPS is like in so much trouble and we're talking about it so much. Of course, somebody was like, let's get that fake link out yeah. there, y'all. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you're the, the expert. You're the <laughs> the girls are expert. ready. <laughs> <laughs> Blair Saki is at her house ready to click. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can only imagine what kind of scams were happening on foot right. after 9 11. Because, oh like, my it wasn't, we weren't on the internet like we are now. So I feel like there had to have been some door to door 9 11 scams. And, Absolutely. These people yeah. are sick. Get well <laughs> soon, <people> scammers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By the way, Blair, uh, just to back up a second, where do you? How do you dispose of the Cottonelle wipes? Where? What are we doing with that? So with this those? is what's problematic about them. Right, you can't flush them because no, no, then... they're flushable. What? But, yeah, yeah, it's flushable. 
Okay. Um, but that's that. what they say. They're bad for the environment. And that's why Got I had it. to, um, you know, come up with a lot of data about why I'm good. Got it. Okay. Because <laughs> there's a turtle choking on your booty wipe right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, the Pacific sorry. trash gyre is just a Texas sized <laughs> ball of your shit wipes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> oh no um, I want a woke finding Nemo where like all the animals are like all the fish in the sea are like we dying right. <laughs> yeah you're not allowed to use apricot scrub either it's bad, also bad for the environment really yeah huh what Just the apricot right? additive? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's bad for, yeah, the pipes and everything. And um, huh. yeah. Caustic. Mm-hmm. So that's, I also don't like apricot flavored anything generally. Really? Ooh. Yeah. I like jam, but it's not something I seek out. It's just like if it's there. Right. Yeah. I think it's a, like I am like, one person, you know, like the people who think cilantro tastes like soap. I feel like I have that with a- apricot for whatever reason. Uh, I just like don't. It, it rubs me the wrong way. I feel uh, like apricot is not. It, it don't slap like that. So I feel right. like you might. It might not be a, like a cilantro thing where cilantro slaps. I feel bad for people who think it tastes like soap. I'm like, y'all got a disease. I agree. Right. I can't. <laughs> yeah. I don't even want to imagine my life without cilantro. Like it's such a fucking gift. I like a. F- Sharp flavor. <laughs> Such a gift. Um, all right, real quick, guys, before we uh, go to our first break, I did want to ask uh, if you saw the VMAs because I did not, but people are people are talking about it, and uh, everybody who watched it, I'm getting really interesting, sometimes conflicting takes. So, so I watched it on the television. Um, oh, I don't really okay. get. Uh, I don't really use my cable as much anymore because it gives me anxiety because commercials about diseases really give me anxiety um i have hypochondria so i can't just i can't watch a tv show and then it's fun and then it's like if you got aids i'm like okay i gotta turn this off (laughs) this is too much for me um not to say that that's bad it's just like i think about diseases too much so i watched it on tv despite i should have just watched it on the internet and it was weird it gave me these weird dystopian like the like life is bad feelings but also it was entertaining and by that i mean Mm. like so parts of it were filmed as like music videos that were kind of airing you know after they'd been shot obviously and then parts of it were like live and outside and people they had the the kids in their cars with their masks on and they were sitting on top of their cars and sitting if they had a sunroof they'd be sitting out the sunroof or whatever the fuck and in a field? It was, just, like, it was what, like a, it felt, I don't know what like location they shot it in. I want to say New York City, though, just because that's they there was a lot of bridges and shit. But it was a city. It was like, it felt like a drive-in. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, if anybody can like pull up that information on where they shot it. But it was definitely like a drive-in. It felt like a drive-in movie theater. And so Kiki Palmer was super cute. There's moments where she was doing stuff and there was a crowd and they could like laugh or whatever, but there's other moments where she's doing bits and there's no crowd and they just added an audience laugh track, which was like, that's so weird. (laughs) (laughs) Now, do you guys as performers add audience laugh tracks to your stand up material? (laughs) Do you have, do you have like a. I've never done that. I would just actually not 
post a clip that was <laughs> bad. But um, it is funny because like in these pitch meetings and stuff right now, like they're like, and what if we just shoot it COVID safe and add in stuff? And I'm like, that sounds crazy. Uh, sounds bad. But I think a lot of people are doing it, you know, or you have to like people are I think people are doing actually some cool coming up with some cool shit. I mean, not all of it works, but the way that people are adapting, you know, right. And it was like, New York City. It was, yeah. It was. Was it at the Bronx Zoo, or was that just a picture that Kiki Palmer took? Um, yes. Uh, it says they moved from the Brooklyn's Bar- Barclays Center to an audience-free site in New York City. It doesn't say if it was okay. the Bronx Zoo, but it, the other thing that was weird was like where people were accepting their awards. Um, I felt like. Other shows, when they did the social distancing, like Zoom reunions or whatever, like, for example, Real Housewives, it would be, like, the background of their house or, like, a roaring fireplace or whatever. There were so many people accepting awards, and they looked like they were being (laughs) held hostage. They looked like Olivia Pope, Colin Fitzgerald Grant, like, holding the newspaper up, like, please come save me. They were, like, in these closets, like, thank you so much, MTV. I was like, this is scaring me. (laughs) Wow. In the closet podcast style, just being like, this will dead the noise, right? I only saw the clip of the Gaga Ariana Grande compilation, and I fucking loved it. Um, It was so good. Gaga's incredible. She just brings it so hard. Sometimes I feel like people don't even give her enough credit because she brings it so hard every single performance that people just are used to it or too used to it. Yeah, it's like Beyonce. I mean, yeah. we give Beyonce her credit because we're obsessed with her. Yeah. But people are obsessed with Lady Gaga too, but I think you're right. It's like, why isn't she... Get, she When they did the I, the Tricon Award and it was like, she did this movie, she got this Oscar for this, and she did blah, blah. I was like, at first it scared me because I felt like I was in the Hunger Games because it was like, look at this celebrity woman. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. But then I was like, no, she's really done a lot of great shit. Like, yeah. how are you? I she love her, and I love Beyonce. Oh, and then the last thing I have to say is the Black Eyed Peas had a performance, which I was what? like, what? Whoa, <laughs> I didn't hear that in, <laughs> since I've been to a wedding response. in like five years ago. <laughs> right. I was like, what? Uh, Fergie was not there, obviously. Um, they performed with Tyga, who came out in a mask, but none of the Black Eyed Peas wore masks until the end where Will I Am randomly put on a mask. And then mm. they had this light in their crotch that started lighting up um, the men. And so they were dancing and then their crotches were lighting up. And I don't know what that was yeah. about. But That's a yeah. symptom of COVID. So they really should have been wearing <laughs> the masks. I mean, That's... <laughs> all that I hear through that is Tyga's agents have been working harder than anyone in quarantine. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's... How do you get on there? Like, who, who should we have? Young and fresh, guys. Young and fresh. <laughs> oh, we got BTS. Okay, what about mm, Tyga? The Black Eyed Peas? We reach back into 2001? Yes? I heard the, the set design gave off um, the capital in the Hunger Games vibes a little bit. Yes. Like, it was, there were, like, silhouettes of people in the background, like, clapping and laughing, but at weird inappropriate times it seemed like the the timing was off yes that in combination with just where we are fashion wise right now which is everything does kind of look like the hunger games like <laughs> colored hair right. and you like yeah <laughs> loud and colorful clothes it felt like a little bit like the hunger games yeah and a lot of like harnesses and stuff yeah mm-hmm. 
Yeah. You guys are obviously talking about what I'm wearing during our recording right now <laughs> and the fact that I have the curly Q sideburns. <laughs> it is a lot, but, you know, I thought I'd... For Zoom. Uh, yeah, for the Zoom. Wanted to wanted to give you guys a little something extra. Uh, but if you don't like it, that's fine. I mean, it's, it only took me a couple hours. Uh, couple hours. All right. <laughs> all right, guys, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about our... Rapidly Dissolving Country. And we're back. So the president, uh, who is Donald Trump, did you guys hear that? Uh, He's the president. I've heard that. I've Um, heard it. So after uh, last week's double murder of protesters on the street by a gun-toting, MAGA-supporting 17-year-old Blue Lives Matter activist. This weekend saw the murder of a Patriot Prayer activist in Portland. Uh, Patriot Prayer is like a right-wing group. Um, <laughs> Sounds like some bullshit. Yeah. They don't ever uh, have no good names for their shit either. It, always, it never slaps. Right. And we don't know the details of... Like what what happened, what what led up to the murder, even though there is like video of it. So awful. Yeah, super awful all around. But Trump spent the weekend of violence basically praising his side of the violence, um, which is, you know, the exact thing to do if you want to fan the flames of that. And uh, he was picking a fight with the uh, mayor of Portland and the mayor of Portland was like, what? <laughs> Why why are you doing that? Like it seemed like he was just responding to him like he was a normal president. He's like, "What imagine if you were just like, let's join together to, you know, nobody wants anybody to be killed. Let's join together and uh fight against this violence." But it was just like he was trying to reset things. I thought his statement was actually kind of interesting because it imagined a reality in which the president was a you know, not not a monstrous, uh, you know, trying to cause a civil war to help his chances of reelection. Yeah, you can't um, reason with a narcissist. Like, there's no. I I saw that statement and I was like, oh, this man is just trying to appeal to logic and reason. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, like he he's just a he doesn't think like in a presidential way. He thinks only in a PR way. And he's like lighting, lighting up his base. Right. Cause he's trying to win this election. Yeah. If you want to circle back to like when I was making fun of the name of Patriot prayers, I'm not saying that I want to see anybody die. I'm not rooting for them to be murdered. It's terrifying that people are getting murdered at protests now and that it's starting to happen more frequently. Yeah. Um, that fucking child, bro. Uh, I'm like, bro, y'all need to charge his mom, too. Like, what kind of fucking mom are you? Like, you driving your kid. Come on, baby, get in the car. We're going to go 20 minutes over. Get your rifle. Like, the fuck? Did you, she wanted her kid dead. Like, who does that? Right. Who sends their kids out to violence like that? So I would love for her to also see some kind of charges because that was some dumbass shit. And they're but specifically it, arguing that he should be found innocent and that it was self-defense his parents oh um, my god when your mama gotta drop you off to the murder how is that right. self-defense if you had taken your little ass home you wouldn't have even been there like right. get but and you can't you can't have a gun at 17 right. anyways aside yeah. from aside from anything like that's a <laughs> law yeah it's, it's one of those it's wild laws 
But um, I wish that Donald Trump would act like the president of the United States. Like, you're not the president of your homegirls. You're the right. president of the United States. You can't just right. be the president of the people who like you. Yeah. <laughs> That's not how this works. So anybody be dying on either side should be an issue for you. Yeah. No, anyone who is not for him is his complete enemy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I talk a lot about Weimar Germany, the like, you know, last bastion of liberalism in Germany before the rise of the Nazis. And this writer, Lee J. Carter, was tweeting the history of Nazis holding rallies in left wing areas of Weimar Germany, instigating street fights and then telling the press that only they could save Germany from the, quote, violent communists seems like an important thing for people to be studying right now. Um, yeah, I saw that. And it was also interesting because the Trump campaign has absolutely already started to do that. They have campaign um, propaganda out that's like, this is Joe Biden's America. And it's pictures of people rioting and looting and protesting. It's like, you know that happened under your presidency, right? Like, how right. are you just going to put this? Like, we haven't had a Joe Biden presidency yet. This is your presidency. Right. <laughs> this is now. Right. Yeah. But, but they're already spinning it. And it's crazy because... Oh, these people believe it. They believe it. Yeah. Because it's on, you know, the news. Mm -hmm. So they believe it very deeply. And, I mean, they believe stuff that isn't on, on the news. Like, the anti-mask stuff is, uh, I don't know. It's It was still kind of, I had only seen, like, memes online. But uh, the show This American Life over the weekend had an episode where they took you inside a parent-teacher meeting in Utah where all of the parents were, like, shouting at the teachers for wearing masks at the meeting and just, you know, wanting to protect themselves or even, like, claiming that masks were helpful. It really, like, I don't know, drove home <laughs> that that there's there are a lot of places in the country where people are pure, like, completely cut off from reality. And it's so sad the way like everything has to do with sides now, yeah. you know, yeah. like it like things that are become full symbols for one side versus what they actually are absolutely needed for to prevent deaths. Yeah. Right. And it, they put it's crazy, too, because. I feel like Republicans politicized masks and then were like, you're politicizing the mask. And it was like, no, y'all did. Like, we just said right. everybody wear a mask. It wasn't about who you're voting for. And right. that's because Donald Trump refused to wear one for so long. It's just so, I wish we could sue him. I wish everyone in America could collectively file a freaking lawsuit against his negligence. Because it just, ha there has to be some kind of recompense for this kind of behavior. Like, how do you let all these people die and you're like, you know what, actually, never mind. I'm going to wear a mask. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's it's also like happening culturally, I feel like, a little bit. Um, you know, people talk about Hollywood having a left leaning bias and, um, you know, that's, I guess you could see that. I mean, I think it's, I don't know. I, w I wouldn't say it's a left leaning bias, but the Fox news perspective on the world is not reflected in a lot of media, but it does like, there's a deep level at which I feel like, you know, fear of the city, fear of progressive ideals, uh, is like kind of runs underneath the our popular culture, like to to a large degree. Like we talked even on yesterday's episode about this 
movie that was like shockingly popular uh, in August. It was the most popular Netflix movie called The Lost Husband. Um, you know, Jason Pargin, uh, who I worked with at Cracked, pointed out that like historically the culture we consume has a very deep and thorough aversion to the city and the government and, you know, a bias towards the freedom of people in the country. Like if you think about the capital and the hunger games, the empire and star Wars, Mm -hmm. the EPA being the bad guys and ghostbusters. Like there's all these really classic pieces of, of popular culture culture that are that have this like violent right-wing fantasy at their Uh center yeah Mm -hmm. and now we're starting to see it in video games like there's this new uh tom clancy video game called elite squad uh tom clancy like does the Mm -hmm. supposedly realistic like military games where you're like part of some military operation uh this in this one uh you are part of a military operation fighting against a shadowy group that is fighting to or lying about its agenda of creating a egalitarian utopia in order to gain popular support. And their symbol is a black fist. Mm. Um, So it's just straight up, like it's straight up there. (laughs) The bad guy in this video game is the black lives matter movement. And that conditioning is so freaking dangerous. I for recently, kids. Yeah, yeah. I got an audition yesterday for a very prestigious show. And the audition was like for a black female police officer who's like very likable and blah, blah, blah. And I like had to talk to my friends. I was like, it's crazy. Like this would be a huge opportunity. But I was like, I say no, right? I can't be a fucking likable cop. Are you kidding me? Right. Like, so I had to respond. I was like, I, I respectfully decline because fuck the police. <laughs> like, Did what? you really? <laughs> yes. And I put a little black heart. I was like, LOL. Like, it's my reps. Like, we have right. a good relationship. Yeah. They were like, done and done. But it was like, yeah, I'm not about to play into copaganda. I don't want to be the nice. I don't want any black child to look up to the police. Right. Like, yeah. Or any child for that matter. That It's just, oh, but that's what we're doing with our social media and with, and with, uh, video games and the things that we consume because we've all been indoctrinated into propaganda. I have my whole life. I used to watch all them shows and watch fucking Ice T and Mariska Harkatay be punching niggas in their faces and stuff. Like, well, they're a criminal, so we could we could stab them a little bit before we get some information. And Just it's a like bit. that's not that's not yeah. how the law should work. Yeah. yeah, every movie we watch is like some cop who gets fired and like give us your gun and your badge, and then he just go home and keep working on the crime alone. It's like that's no, he's right. breaking the law. Yeah, that 17-year-old was enacting, like, the fantasy behind every movie of, like, somebody who takes the law into their own hands because right. of, you know, the shit he's seeing on Fox News and um, and just... And why do we have that trope? Like, why is that trope so deeply ingrained into our culture? I don't even notice it anymore. Yeah. When I was watching movies and I was seeing cops, like, beat up on the perps or like even in bad boys you see like will smith will go see his like informant and then he'll like beat him up a little bit and hit him with a meat hammer and stuff and he's like now talk <laughs> right yeah i just rewatched the trilogy in quarantine i wonder how will how they feel about that now <laughs> the, the bad boys trilogy yeah yeah and men right. in black he starts out as a cop and uh 
Yeah, my my two favorite movies growing up were Jaws and Die Hard. Very different movies, but both mm-hmm. with cops, like mm-hmm. off-duty cops taking matters into their own hands as the central like heroic journey. Right. I feel like if Will Smith was his characters in all the movies he was playing, we would be protesting him. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get yeah. Mike Lowry out of here. <laughs> yeah. Um there's also Mike Lowry a in his Porsche. <laughs> beating the shit out of everyday citizens. <laughs> Blair, what's your uh, bad boys like ranking in terms of the movies? How it, I've heard three is really good. Um, I like bad boy. I think I like one the best. Yeah. Yeah. Then two, then three, or then three, then two. Then two, then three. I don't know. Like maybe because I watched them all back to back, but I was like, geez, these are these are. A lot of fighting. It was like just shooting scenes the whole time. You know, I think I needed more plot. I was more invested in their relationship, which is why I liked number one the best. <laughs> That's true. It is more relationship in number one. And then number two is like when they gave Michael Bay a budget so he couldn't just do relationships. He was like, cars, we're going to throw 30 cars onto the freeway. <laughs> yeah, that was too much for me. I feel like men probably like that one. All the explosions, you know. Yeah. Michael Bay is so good at recognizing the consequences of violence that he one time, like in the during the filming of the Transformers movies, if you watch the like DVD extras, he explodes a car into a building that they hadn't cleared. Like there were people living in the building, and he was <laughs> oh just it was pure luck that they didn't kill anybody. Uh, oh my god, he's like a bad dude though, right? Famously. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's not, he doesn't have a great reputation. Yeah. He exploded, a, also just <laughs> men. God. That's right. like, let's explode a car domestic into a terrorism. <laughs> yeah. Right. Holy shit. Um, there's also a, a new Call of Duty game uh, that has, it's like all about you're, you're basically in the CIA and the, <laughs> The the thing ends with somebody telling the protagonist, like, you can't do that. That's illegal. And then cut to Ronald Reagan being like, give him whatever he wants. We don't need to, like, listen to the war crimes tribunal. <laughs> like, let, let's just commit some crimes against humanity to get the job done. Um, who, who is tell me Ronald these Reagan video gaming? games? This is like, this is like the... Republican Party is like the funding these or what is happening? I just think they're more they're in touch with a like the consuming pot. Like I think a, there's a big demand for a lot of this shit out there. Like there's just a lot of like angry conservative dudes who are like right. gun collectors and they Ew. Yeah. Sitting in their basements waiting to be Kyle. If, right. Here's the thing about that one though. Ronald Reagan was shady as fuck. So like, it, could Ronald also like be like, and here's some crack to give to the black <laughs> right. community? Like, right. like let's yep. just make it historically accurate. Right. <laughs> Get that in there. Um, yeah. The it, it's interesting that he's like a mastermind in this because uh, he was, I think, more of a puppet. But whatever. Mm-hmm. They they definitely. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't necessarily know what to do about that uh, urge and that demand being there, you know? 
Yeah, and it's like, does this quell the urge or does this make the fantasy of harming people in real life more tantalizing? And yeah. I can't say which one it is. I mean, I could play Grand Theft Auto and I've never wanted to hit a sex worker or steal a car, uh, but that's like pretty much what you do in the game <laughs> the whole time. Right. Yeah. Uh, at least that's what I did. I never completed any missions. <laughs> <laughs> but I never like puts in life like ooh I really want to punch somebody or steal a car. But I don't know. I don't know which way that falls. Yeah, I mean, most of the research says that it's it it trends in the direction of like people get their angst out in video games, or they're just too busy playing video games to actually be out committing <laughs> the crimes necessarily. Um, oh, but good. It's, it's not definitive. <laughs> uh, and it's That's also, our only protection is these fucking losers love video games. Sorry to the gamers <laughs> listening. Yeah. I know there's probably a lot of you out there. Yeah. Support Xbox. <laughs> we can never we can never defund Xbox or PS2 because otherwise <laughs> yeah. they're gonna come out here with their guns right. and start playing We're Call of Duty danger. for real. <laughs> and at the very least, like these people are reacting to something they're seeing in the consuming public by putting all these conservative ideas out there. So it's like uh, I don't know if it, if you're viewing it almost like a poll, it's like what it, what does this say about like where we are? Um, but also, what does it say about American consumerism? Like, it's so funny how we tried to act like we had values for so long. It's like, oh, people really look. Racism is hot right now. People mm -hmm. are hating the blacks. Like, well, mm -hmm. how can we profit off of that? Yeah. And they were like, we've got our new video game. Black yeah. lives don't matter. Oh you you shoot everybody who's black the whole time. <laughs> like what? Uh. Get, catch all the hashtags you can and like oh my god I'm building the game for them let me stop because this is going to come out <laughs> <laughs> they're like this sounds great they did uh, remove the black fist from the game after a bunch of uh, immediate like, backlash uh, but it's still you know a story about people basically uprising and taking the law into their own hands which is a thing that literally happened this past and weekend with outrage culture, I wouldn't be shocked if they had put the fist in there knowing that people would get pissed and then that would bring a lot of publicity, publicity to yeah. the game. Because yeah. people love to bait black folks like that and I'm not taking the bait anymore. Like, if you're saying some wild shit and I know that you're not a person of character, like, I'm not going to retweet you. I'm not going to comment on it because I know you're just trying to, like, look, let's... Because remember when Burberry had that... Um, that uh, fashion line, they had a fashion show, and they just threw some nooses on everybody real quick before they mm -hmm. went out. Yeah. <laughs> and the nooses oh ain't had to do nothing with nothing. They're I'm like, like what? Just did this to make people mad. <laughs> right. Like, they're like, yo, what, how, do we, how do we get people to talk about this show? I don't Get some nooses. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, I'm not falling for it anymore. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's take another break, and we'll be right back. And we're back. And just a horrible uh, weekend in terms of losing cultural icons. You know, after we recorded uh, Monday's episode and the trending episode on Friday, it was announced that Chadwick Boseman had passed from colon cancer, that he had been fighting for four years without really revealing it to, to the public. And, I don't know, it was shocking and traumatizing i think for a lot of people 
And then the weekend ended with uh, John Thompson, the coach of Georgetown for many years, the first black coach to win the national championship uh, in the NCAA. Uh, the reason that I wanted to go to Georgetown when I was growing up because uh, their teams were just so cool uh, passed away at in his 70s, I think 78, uh, but also just very tragic. I don't really have much to say about that, but I did want to kind of acknowledge it. And, yeah. yeah. Um, I've only seen Chadwick Boseman in person one time and it was outside of the UCB theater and I looked at him he was just like standing with someone like I was leaving a show and um I looked at him and he saw me recognize his face and I saw him kind of like gear up for like okay I gotta do Wakanda forever I gotta take mm-hmm. this photo like and then and I was like no I'm not gonna bother this king so I just gave him a head nod and I smiled and he smiled at me and it was the simplest interaction but it was very sweet and yeah. everyone who I know who knows him or knew him rather had something positive to say. My friend Travis was like, I didn't even recognize him. And I left my wallet at home at Starbucks and he paid for my coffee. And then everyone was like, no, bruh, Black Panther just paid for your coffee. <laughs> like, like, and it's weird. It's not weird. I guess it is weird in Hollywood because it doesn't happen often where when someone passes away, so many people have so much like positive to say about you. He never really had any scandals. And to be that famous and not have people coming for you like that it really speaks to your character as a human being um it was very hard for me because it just feels like this year like black people haven't been allowed to have nice things oh god yeah. i'm gonna cry um yeah a lot of people looked up to him white kids yeah. black kids and to yeah. have like a black man that you could look up to who actually really was a good person and have him taken so young was just so deeply disappointing and i cried a lot and i called my friends it was like my cousin died or something it was kind of weird right. to me because i was like i don't know this man <laughs> but i'm right. like torn up so yeah. yeah that's all i have to say about that yeah, yeah i just was so it, it was such a uniquely sad story that he h- had that for so long and it became clear after like i think there was a quote that he said like you'll one day know like the story but it seemed he had such like a powerful presence almost in the way that you feel of like um like a priest or or someone like holy there was something about him where like he was so he was so clearly like aware of his legacy for so long in the way that he treated people and like just like i don't know there's something very regal and just about him where he just seems so special and so kind and like purposeful I thought yeah. it was just so sad. He's amazing. Yeah. And he yeah. shot five movies, like I believe it was like four or five movies while he was going to chemo and having surgeries, which to me is just, and like not telling people, cause I understand why, cause people are so fucking mean. Like they were saying um, when he was getting really thin, they were calling him like crack panther and shit. Like the internet Jesus is such Christ. a horrible place. Yeah. And he still didn't say anything. He was like deleting pictures because yeah. people were like posting them on the shade room. Fuck the shade room. So like it, that's just, I think that that was also a big moment. Uh, one of my friends on Twitter, Key, was tweeting like, you never know what people are going through. And we really need to try to stop for a moment and be kind instead of immediate, immediately ridiculing like, Thinking about that just for a second, like, what if this person is going through something and that's why their appearance has changed versus being like, they're on drugs. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I just thought it was also like he he knew like what he was doing in his 
like ability as an actor was so much bigger than him that he just kept quiet and was like, I'm going to try and do put out all this amazing work before I go because I know it's bigger than me. Like I, I thought it was just amazing. Yeah. yeah. And it couldn't be me. If I yeah. had cancer, God forbid, God forbid, everybody gonna know, child. Everywhere I go, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna be in the line and start, but like, excuse me, excuse me, I don't got much time. <laughs> I gotta go first, okay? Yeah. I'm dying. <laughs> I would have yeah. told everybody. Oh, I would have told everybody and their mama. So he's just, he's incredible. Yeah. All right. So the NBA did come back over the weekend uh, after taking some time for what? Uh, it was basically a wildcat strike with the players striking. Uh, the players' union got involved. They got some concessions from some of the owners that, you know, we, we have to see if the owners actually follow through uh, on on those, uh, you know, actions that they agreed to. But uh, the, the league is back, uh, and a story that we've kind of been tracking is just that the ratings have been lower than... Uh, I would have expected because uh, we were all so bored and so like <laughs> so ready for sports to come back uh, when the NBA came back, and I was expecting it to be like higher than it's ever been, and it's actually been like lower than usual. And they're also like, as I was kind of thinking about that, the news broke that there really haven't been any. Uh, convention bounces from either the RNC or DNC. And those were both, you know, unique from previous conventions in the sense that they were a different format. Like it wasn't a bunch of people walking out onto stage, but there was no crowd. And it just seems like maybe the energy that a crowd kind of brings to any anything that you're watching uh, or especially being there is just something that uh, I it's like sort of an ineffable thing that you can't like scientifically quantify, but it's definitely absolutely real and probably underrated in our modern world uh, or had been underrated until, until this pandemic. We always need a confirmation of reality. So I feel like at comedy shows, it's like you hear other people laugh and you're like, yeah, we're all having fun here. Mm -hmm. Or, I mean, that's why you don't tape a standup special without a crowd <laughs> you know what I mean like you always have one and then with basketball it's the same thing I think it's that energy and and watching other people I didn't realize how it was the connective tissue you know in this situation and that's also been surprising to me too because like I was saying at the MTV awards I was like it was freaking me out that they put laugh tracks under things I was like oh yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. it's so weird but I mean more people always equals more energy like when you walk in any big event, I think people in every sort of uh, way, all types of um, big gatherings, like missing that because like even before, if you go to like a concert, even before it starts, you can feel that feeling or like a big game. So I don't know. It makes sense to me that that could have an effect on things for sure. It's probably yeah. also affecting the players. Like, yeah. I imagine, like, you're out there and you're used to people screaming and shouting and, like, hyping you up. And now yeah. it's just like y'all are playing, like, scrimmage basketball. Right. Yeah. I heard they were, <laughs> like, I heard they were adding squeaks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, so, so that it seems like they're cutting and actually running hard. They're adding squeaks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> could, you guys, so could you guys talk some shit, please? Just like anything. <laughs> 
Uh, like who's editing this? Like, I know. Like, I mean, are we gonna edit in heckles? Right. <laughs> gonna get a couple hecklers in there. Yeah, I mean, we we've. I, I have a theory that it's making the defense worse because people are. You need the crowd energy, the home crowd energy, to like get you up for defense. But like offensively, we're seeing people do like unbelievable shit, and it's just like. They've always been capable of that if the defense was just like 10% worse and just people like offense has its own rewards is like watching the ball go through the hoop and uh, but like playing defense, you have to like really draw on something else, draw on like all your energy to give a shit about stopping someone because it's so easy to, to miss. You know? Yeah. I also wonder, like, subconsciously, there's so much other shit going on in the world, like, that's so much bigger, like, for anyone in any job. It's right. got to be, like, a little bit less easy to focus, you know? Yeah. And I was just going to say, after watching The Last Dance, um, when Jordan basically was saying that he had no competition, so he had to make up beefs with people so that he could yeah. beat them. Like I'm like, yeah, I guess y'all all gotta get out there on the defense and just take it personally. Like yeah. make up some things that th- they said about your mama before y'all play, because there's no crowd. That's what separated him. He was. Oh my god! Like, when I watched that, I was like, this man is unwell. Anyone that I was like, oh, oh, wow. To be at the top, you have to be very unwell. To be at the top and to stay at the top, like, you really need. You have to be in a fight at all times. Yes. You have to make the fight up. Oh, wow. And that was all I needed. Yeah. was, And that was something that, like, the ratings were just through the roof. And that's that's this that's kind of why I thought like when the NBA comes back it's gonna be wild. But uh, instead, I think I think we need that. I think we need that crowd. I think we need yeah. that. Uh, you know, people. Because in all the Jordan clips, there were crowds. Right. Jerry Krause yeah, exactly. is dead. Oh, they talk cash shit about him. If he had been alive, I feel like nobody in that documentary would have went as hard as they did. I was shocked. <laughs> I have a controversial opinion on him because you know. As an athlete, and it's the same thing to me as a comedy booker who takes credit for all the talent. Bitch, you've never played a game in your life. You (laughs) haven't done shit. And a lot of people are like, yes, but he made the most winning uh, franchise and he was cutthroat. I'm like, no, honey. He thought he was Jordan and he, you're not Jordan. You can barely run, okay? He could not wait to break that team apart so he could show everybody that it was really him who had been the, you know, the magic man behind the curtain. Such a hater. And there was somebody, I I forget who in The Last Dance, who was like, yeah, he was an ugly little man. And I think that (laughs) had to do with it. And I was like, damn. He's dead. Y'all gonna call him an ugly little man? I was so mad at him. Everyone yeah. was like, they're too hard on Jerry Krause. I was like, no, bitch. They said the truth. And what that was that he is not a basketball player. And to break up the the best team of all time, I'm still mad, yeah. even though he's dead. The book that <laughs> is about the exact same thing, uh, the it's called uh, Playing for Keeps, and it's about that last season. And uh, Jerry Krause and like, you know, covers all the same stuff. It's by David Halberstam, who's like one of the best sports writers. And it comes to the exact same conclusion that you just did. It's just like this dude can't get out of his own way. Can't stop saying just wild shit. That's like, well, they couldn't have done it without me. I put I put everybody and 
they're like it's almost they portray him as a as a tragic figure because he can't help himself. Yeah, like, his eagle is bigger than the people that are actually doing the work or the art. That's like when these comedy bookers like go off on, you know, they make all these big prop proclamations about comedy and that they know what's best about comedy and it's like you have never stepped on stage a day in your life you truly have no idea and you're not the artist yeah yeah also like middlemen are a scammer position someone right. has always figured out how to separate people like the the art from from the money yeah and they slide in they're like i, I this is what i do for you like it's like yeah you don't and there's, they know that, like that, it's a, we, it's kind of a weird comparison, but like that knowledge that they've never been on there, like even if they don't consciously think about it, it's in their mind somewhere where they're just like, there's like some insecurity building up inside them. That's why they do, you know, terrible things and are like terrible to people who don't deserve it because there's insecurity. And I think that I, we've, talked about that with, with regards to white supremacy like and just uh being a white person in america you are constantly aware of this contradiction of like even if you have never put it into words in your mind there is part of you that knows that you were born with an unfair advantage and continue to live with one. And I think that's where a lot of the just toxicity and hatred is like trying to deny that. And um, it's like this dissonance that like eats away and like, you know, really fucks a culture. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and trying to like scapegoat people are always looking for a reason why, you know, black people who have been unfairly murdered deserved it. Because yeah. that's always and that's not even just for black people. Like I see white men do that with women and sexual assault all the time. It's like or, or when Megan the Stein got shot in the foot mm -hmm. and I looked at the comments and that's black men looked at the comments and they're like, well, what did she do? And it's like, there's nothing that she could have done to deserve this little tiny man shooting her in the foot. Yeah. Right. Like, the cognitive dissonance, but for everyone is crazy. And uh, it's yeah. so much about like what we've uh, ingested, like unconsciously and subconsciously, like throughout our lives from when we were like little kids. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone has to deal with it. It's not just white people. So I wish that maybe if we all recognize that and weren't like, this is just something that I have to deal with and we could be like, Oh, okay. Everyone has a privilege that they have to check or like right. realize that they've had their whole life and deal with it instead of trying Absolutely. to blame the people who don't have things. Yeah. Well guys, it's been a pleasure having you both uh, on the daily zeitgeist Blair, where can people find you and follow you? Uh, you can find me at Blair Saki, B-L-A-I-R-S-O-C-C-I on Instagram and Twitter. And is there a tweet or some other act of social media you've been enjoying? Oh, yeah. I had two tweets that made me laugh. Um, one was from Ruth Buzzy or Boozy. Um, and it was, when one door closes, another one opens. Other than that, it's a pretty good car. <laughs> and then, uh, and then this other one from Martha Kelly, my friend Martha, I love so much. And she said, I'm starting an everyone except fans account where I put even more clothes on. <laughs> I saw that one too. 
That's amazing. Lacey, where can people find you and what's tweet you've been enjoying? So, as always, guys, you can find me at D-I-V-A-L-A-C-I, Diva Lacey, on all platforms. And listen to my podcast, Scam Goddess. Uh, the most recent episode is about Sean. Oh, actually, the, the, the second to most recent episode is about Sean King and how he's a scammer. If you are interested in learning by why you should not support him. Mm. Um, and then the tweet that I'm enjoying, it's like a several, a series of tweets because I've just really been into like baby Twitter is what I call it. Where uh, there's like just a section of Twitter where people just talk shit about babies, and I think it's <laughs> so fun. So this one's so the first one's babies be like, help me, or I will literally die. Babies are so lazy. Babies <laughs> honestly need to fucking relax. They need a reality check. Honestly, why do babies feel the need to risk their life whenever you're not around? Babies are so manipulative. Follow me if you think babies are canceled. And the entitlement <laughs> makes me sick. They got to eat every single day. Uh, <laughs> like, what fuck do need to learn how to fend for themselves? It's really unreasonable. I, I completely agree. <laughs> like, oh my God, grow the fuck up. <laughs> oh my There's so many. Um, if you want to get all the handles for those people, it's on Embracing Black Culture, which is a very fun meme account uh, that is about embracing black culture. So yeah. Awesome. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. Uh, a couple tweets I liked. Uh, Lumberzack tweeted, extremely rude of the Target self-checkout camera to show me exactly what I look like. Uh, and then Kamal <laughs> Nanjiani tweeted, I get a penny every time I see a straight couple with the woman wearing a mask and the man not wearing a mask. And anyway, I'm about to purchase the tech giant Apple. Uh, <laughs> I saw that. Oh my God. Oh, I also wanted stop. to say I have a podcast about to come out um, called The Blair and Greta Show with um, Greta Titleman. So look out nice. for that. Yes. Former guest. Uh, I have that show will be hilarious. All right, guys. You can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, where we link off footnotes. to the information that we talked about <laughs> in today's episode, as well as the song we ride out on. And Lacey, is there a song that you would like to ride out on today? Y'all, we got to get into these Adele reggae remixes, okay? She is our yeah. Jamaican king. Boyaka. <laughs> okay. Um, so this is a remix to I Set Fire to the Rain, which actually sounds very good as a reggae song. So, yeah. you know. Wagwan, Adele, sis. Wagwan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to ride out on that. We'll also put uh, links in the footnotes to any uh, to a bunch of other songs. There, This is a new uh, vein that the internet has struck that is just uh, <laughs> giving us nonstop gold. Uh, the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for this morning. We'll be back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to you all then. Bye. Bye. Thanks. Love you. There's a side to you that I